This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. All right, well, hey, welcome. It's Josh and Josh here for episode three of season three of the Radiant Reflections podcast. How are you doing today, JB? Doing good. Uh, we just got back from a trip to Pittsburgh. The kids were part of a Taekwondo tournament, so we got a, had a few days out of the office. What about you? All right. Well, now, real quick, I saw some pictures. They weren't just part of a Taekwondo tournament. Yes. You got a couple of national champions in the Brown household. Yes, yes. Uh, Micah is a, a national champion in sparring, and Lily is a national champion in weapons and Leah uh, placed fourth and fifth overall in a couple of areas as well. So they did really, really well. So, so what I hear you saying is don't mess with the Brown kids. They will kick your butt. It doesn't I, matter where you come from in the country. They will kick your butt. I, I would highly suggest you not <laughs> tinker with them. Especially yeah. did you say Lily's was, she like took first in weapons, weapons, weapons. which was, was for, for her was nunchucks, but Mikey took first place in sparring. So he had to, beat 16 other guys in sparring matches he had he it was a bracket system so there were only four that he had to fight but they were all much higher ranked and etc hmm. etc et so he he's yeah. a nasty dude you don't i i would don't mess with the route well he's talked about he's he does the and i i've never seen them yeah. so I don't, i'm not quite sure what he means but he talks about doing finger push-ups he does them like yeah now how does he like with his single finger dude like i would my he, fingers would snap I don't know how like, he I does feel it. like I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even know how he does it, but yeah. So okay. it was good. What about you? What'd you do last week? Uh, I had a busy week last week. Uh, I did a wedding rehearsal Friday, wedding Saturday. Oh, boy. And I preached yep. yesterday. Yep. So yes. beautiful wedding. I was, it was down in Auburn. So it was, it was oh. a nice, nice drive Friday night for the rehearsal. Like the, cause of fall colors. Yeah. Down 69. Real low there. traffic. Yeah. So dude, it was just. Were you by the museum? Drive. No, so it's you go to I think it's exit three twenty six off of sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean when you say museum? Like the auction museum thing? Yeah. Well, that. yeah. Okay. So yeah, this yeah. was it was at the yep. cruise cruise auction cruise place. Yep. Dude, they had gorgeous mm-hmm. cars in there. Oh, yeah. like I actually thought I was in the wrong place. I no. parked on the wrong side of the building for the rehearsal. <laughs> so I walk in and I just see all these classic cars. I'm like, there's okay. <laughs> I t- I took a wrong turn somewhere. Fortunately, no. somebody's walking across the room, yeah. and I'm like, "Is there a wedding rehearsal here?" It's like, world, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah!" World-renowned auction. I mean, they they'll people fly and they bring cars that are you know crazy, crazy expensive, but mostly yes. classic muscle cars. It's fun to go down if you've never been to an auction there. It's fun to check those. Well, out. and they've got they've got like some 1930s. Yep. I mean, they've got like yep. all variety of stuff, and then they've got yes, yeah, a couple of porsches ferrari like oh yeah dude it was the fancy ones it was yes that's uh that's not what i normally see parked in my garage <laughs> <laughs> nope nope we're both honda people well, that's right honda and Chevy. you, you got a chevy too got a chevy the yep. big old beast we're it? honda people yeah yeah so there you go so no, it was a good it was a good week good good week good. busy but good it was a great message so. i i'm gonna don't do this what i'm about to tell you but i had my iphone set like where the speedometer was <laughs> <laughs> streaming and glancing down and watching the live stream at 11 yesterday as we were coming back from from Pittsburgh so it was it was a great message Josh. so had really you gotten encouraged. pulled over for mm-hmm. speeding and the officer says <laughs> do you know how fast you were going would you have said no sir I don't I was I was watching church <laughs> would you my buddy tried that one time Pull he up. got he got pulled over middle of the night 
He was tired. He was swerving. He was swerving. And, and the cop pulls him over. Well, the first thing my buddy says is, I go to church. I'm a pastor. <laughs> He's not a pastor. He just he just claimed church membership. No. B, no. if you're watching, uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm throwing you to the bus uh, for that. So. I, I, you know, I have, I, I have used the clergy card before in those sorts of circumstances, but I have been convicted about that. And thought as you should be, yes, I should be. You know, like <laughs> if you're a pastor, all the more that you yes. should be yes. following the laws. So, <laughs> my wife jokes that if I got pulled over, like I would, I would beg the officer to give me a ticket because otherwise, like no, like I can't. Guilt. <laughs> let's say if I got if I was doing something illegal, <laughs> I have to be disciplined for it. <laughs> I think that's the six there, isn't it, Josh? Probably, yeah, probably. And just, I just I've always, as long as I've been alive, I have like a very strong justice orientation. Yeah, so it's yeah. good, but it's good. Yeah. So hey, uh, this past week in uh, in the service, we talked about the flesh. Again, we're mm. in our unseen realm series where we talk about the flesh, the spirit, signs and wonders. And we've started unpacking uh, the devil, the flesh, and the world. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, an idea you see unpacked. We've referenced before John Mark Comer's book, Live No Lies. Yes. Dallas Willard talks about, I mean, this is not, this is not a new idea. Uh, again, this, because these are things as old as scripture. You know, we, mm-hmm. we started the message with that passage out of Ephesians 2. Paul, writing back in the first century, he addresses all three of these things. Yep. He says, you lived according to the ways of the world. You lived according to the the ruler of the air, which is a mm-hmm. reference to the devil. And he says, you lived according to your fleshly desires. So we see this this trio at work back in the first century church, just yeah. as much as it is today. Absolutely. Uh, I thought yesterday's message, Josh, was was you packed so much into the message. I, th- I commend you for that because I just don't think I could have done and gotten it out with the clarity that you did. It was so much ground to cover. You did a great job of that. But one of the things that you talked about is is kind of addressing the question, you know, where does the flesh originate? Like, and, and I love one of the things you said is that it doesn't seem fair. Right. Like, I mean, it doesn't that, seem doesn't, fair. Like, why? And that'd be like, that'd be like, if you did, if you were speeding. Yeah. Right. And I got the ticket. <laughs> right. I mean, this, right. <laughs> this flies in the face of kind of that, that justice. Yeah. She's like, well, no, that, that that's not right. Right. But, but I, I love the, the contrast that, that Paul sets up in there. And while it's easy to focus on the 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 seeming unfairness mm-hmm. of you know Adam sinning and now we're punished for it, but we benefit from that same type of transaction in that the sacrifice of one man, mm-hmm. Paul tells us. The Jesus, second Adam. The second Adam, mm-hmm. like that is what brings life. Yeah. So I mean, we get to hang on to that because that's not fair either. Jesus yeah. paid the price yes. instead of us. Yes. And and we have eternal benefits because of that. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's substitutionary atonement. <laughs> For those watching or, or listening, Josh, just unpack real quickly, if you could, even maybe in a couple sentences, where oh does the flesh originate? Just recap what you shared with us yesterday. Where, where does it originate? Yeah. So this, this is, this is, again, we, we use that term kind of like a, a spiritual genetic condition that once Adam sinned, right? Yeah. Adam and Eve sinned, Genesis mm-hmm. three, we read about the fall. Right. From there on, there is this thing passed on to all of humanity. Cain and Abel, the first mm-hmm. children that they have, right? They are born sinners, right? And we see that play out through murder, right? Every other yes. child they bear carries within them mm-hmm. that same bent towards sin. Mm-hmm. The the misuse, if you will, 
of the free will they've been given. Yes. So, yeah. And that all originated, you unpack this some, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they, they chose in an act of their own free will to commit the first original sin. Yes. And because of that, we are, it, it is an inheritance. Mm-hmm. And I like the way you say genetic, a spiritual genetics. Well, yeah, because really it, it's one of those, it's, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word mystery lightly, but I mean, mm-hmm. but it is, it's one of those strange things. But, but I think some of that is due to the fact that we think uh, in such separate terms, we think, oh, well, this is a, this is a, a physical issue. Right. Oh no, this is right. spiritual. And we, we yeah. separate so many things in our, in our modern culture, at least. Yeah. When, you know, I think it was last week, you talked about the idea of this holistic nature mm. of man. Yes. And we are, like, we are not just a physical body. We are, we have a physical body yeah. and creation is physical. So the physical isn't bad. Right. But we're not just physical. We also have that spiritual component, right? When, when God breathed into Adam. Right. That's, that's that word Ruach or Numa, right? Yes. For spirit, right? The breath of God, mm. right? There is a spiritual reality in play uh, just as much as there is a physical one. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that origination part is really important. You know, if we don't believe in original sin, we're going to have a hard time understanding the, the solution, mm. the gospel or, or, mm-hmm. or, or the, the truth, the message behind who Jesus is was and what he did for us. Um, okay. So if we understand where sin originates, Josh, what would we say? What, what is the flesh and the sinful nature? What does it do to us? So like how, how, what are, what are the interactions there? You unpack this really well. So we are kind of, we kind of, I, I'm, I'm rehashing shortly here, but I, I would love to hear more on, you know, what does it do to us? What does the flesh do? Yeah. So a few of things that we hit on uh, is, is one, it turns our attention to self. Mm. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's this in a variety of ways, in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it, but it's always coming back to me to where, to where it, it creates this sense that I am what it's all about. I, (laughs) I actually like, this was a, this was a revelation I had, and I don't think I've talked about this in any previous podcast episodes. Uh, I wrote a blog about it because it was, (laughs) but good. I was meeting with my counselor probably a year ago and, and I just had this kind of this aha moment. And as we're talking, I'm like, man, you know, you know what? I live my life as though I am the star. Like, like mm. this is my story. Everybody else, my wife, my kids, my coworkers, like yeah. they are all, you know, side characters in my story. <laughs> right. right. And that's how I, you know, I, I don't know that I would have put that words, those words to it before. Yeah. But like, nope, I'm. I'm the hero of the story. You guys are all the accessory characters, but it's my story. Yeah. And processing through it, my counsel is like, this is this isn't my story. Like right. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I'm not the the main character. Yeah. Right. I'm at best. I'm the guy like running the chair out to reset the scene. You know. I like. I I'm not even on the stage. One of seven billion. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's just that that sense that everything revolves around us. Yeah. And and there are subtle ways that that changes the way that we interact with other people mm-hmm. and it changes the way that we interact with God. Yeah. We, we talked about that with prayer last week. Mm-hmm. 
this vending machine, right? Oh yeah. We we bring God our list of things, which He asks us to come to Him with our petitions, with the things that we need. You know, He in the Lord's Prayer, the model that He gives mm-hmm. us, right? He He's, He tells us to ask for our daily bread. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to to bring our needs to God, but when we when we just have this laundry list of things, and that's the the extent of our prayer life the exchange we're like all right lord here's what i need right it's like a it's like a band that you know they've got their rider yeah. you know, on their tour like <laughs> the all right M&Ms. lord if there aren't green green m&ms in my in my uh yeah. in my dressing room when i wake up in the morning you I, know why I, they I do that right work. well they want to know if they you read it they put the green m&m <laughs> thing at the very bottom of the rider it's the very last thing you know people used to think oh it's just people being uh, prima donnas and divas or whatever but they know that if you got to the bottom and they saw green M&Ms, all the other things, like maybe a, like a nut allergy that's super serious, you know. So I, I when I was listening to the message yesterday, I, I couldn't help but think about uh, just a, an example. Just pause for a moment, viewer, listener. Josh, you can do this with me. When you wake up, like your first waking moment in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? You think I, about yourself. <laughs> Right? Yeah, in a, in a in a weird way. Right now, I've got a I've got a puppy at home. Oh, so gosh. I typically wake up to the puppy barking. So my first thought is, shut up, stop barking, <laughs> which dog. is about me because I want to sleep. And yeah, but it is like the first things that we think about is what I'm gonna you know uh, got to get my whatever done. Time for quiet time. Get the coffee going. What am I gonna have for breakfast? What do I have on my schedule today? Mm. What's on the calendar? All, all the appointments. Those sorts of things. The first thing that we think about in any given situation is almost always self. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of, of that sinful fleshly nature, uh, which you've said, uh, uh, unhealthy focus on self. Um, so if, if we know that the flesh causes us to focus inward, self-preservation, self-promotion, uh, even indulgence, self-pleasure, which are, are all things that are good in the right context, Talk a little bit, Josh, about how the flesh affects our desires, the things that we want. Um, well, and I, and I think this this pairs with the with the last one, right? With that turning attention to self, because it it elevates our desires. I mean, it it elevates them. Mm-hmm. So we're getting like these are the most important things. Right. I should get what I want. Right. I mean, you, you think about this. Think about this with uh, your kids. Apparently, it's ten a.m. Cool. Oh, <laughs> Gadget just t- spoke to us there. Uh, what was I saying? Oh no. Uh, so, so you think about this with your kids, right? And we, and we probably talked about this before. Like, if my if my kid comes to me and says, like, "Oh, hey, could I have a could I have a candy bar?" Right. Like, because so and so got a candy bar. Well, and it's not fair if if they got a candy bar. Well, right. no, you don't you don't actually care whether or not your sibling gets a candy bar. Like, you want one. Like what right. I want is more important. Right. If I'm the only one that gets a candy bar, that's okay. Right. It's a vaunting of so, self. So it, it elevates self. Mm. And so now I, I I I desire this thing and and I should get it because I'm the main character in the story and, mm-hmm. and the hero should get what the hero wants. Right. Right. Uh but it also warps. It warps those desires to where those desires move from being good, you know, uh self pleasure. Or self-indulgence, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. God created a good world, 
Mm-hmm. And and I believe that God created things for us to enjoy. Yeah, agree. You know, I'm not I'm not advocating that we you know go live in a monastery, wear burlap, and right. you know hit ourselves with sticks. I mean, which which I mean, in certain you know Christian cultures and yep. over the centuries, like they've done stuff like that. And mortification. Would, yeah, like and in extreme. Yeah. Some now some traditions use mortification as a broad term, and they would actually include fasting in that. Sure, but. The more extreme forms like self-flagellation where like you're whipping yourself. Yeah. I looked it up. Apparently within Catholicism, they don't officially sanction that. Right. But there have been popes over the centuries that advocate for it and practice it. In some Latin so, countries, uh, there will be an icon, a large icon of of Christ on the cross that is approached by numerous, numerous steps. So it's kind of like up. And in some Latin countries, they will cover those steps with broken glass Mm. and the worshipers who are to venerate this icon will crawl up the steps on their hands and knees over the broken glass up to this cross, which (laughs) we're not, we're not advocating. And I don't, again, I've never, I don't know all the rationale as to why they do it. Like, yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to totally dismiss it but i'm not advocating that (laughs) no no there's something there's something there that is um it seems almost dark that you would you know uh hurt the temple of god and destroy it in in a way uh as an act of of worship which is really really an odd thing well i think some of it is and i can't remember the reference right off the top of my head i think some of it is a a a misapplication you know, Paul uses this athletic imagery. He talks mm-hmm. about running the race. Yes. And he talks about, oh, so I beat my body. Yes. And it's like, okay, Paul, first of all, Paul's not running an actual race. <laughs> and <laughs> right. also, you know, when he talks it's about- metaphorical. The, yeah, right. So when he talks about beating his body- Right. Right. I don't think Paul is sitting there with a stick, like no. literally beating his body. Again, he's talking about disciplines and there are disciplines- and Yes. we've talked about this, that have physical components. Yes. But- Again, we're getting a little bit. Well, and even even when Jesus says, you know, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It'd be better to enter the kingdom without sight and without a hand than to be cast into hellfire. And so some of those scriptures as well. Right. And that's, warped. so there's, yes. And there, there it's a, a, a misunderstanding. Uh, it was not uncommon in rabbinic culture mm-hmm. to use hyperbole. Right? Yes. Like I'm going to, I'm going to over-exaggerate yes. something. To, to make a point, yep. but also the importance of, of reading scripture in context, mm-hmm. if, where Jesus talks about cutting off your hand or gouging out your eye, this is in the same set of messages where he is telling everybody it isn't just the physical, right? it's, it's the heart. Right. So when you, when you read, oh, chop off your arm if it causes you to sin, clearly Jesus has just established that, that sin is a heart issue. Not just the physical issue. Absolutely. And he's trying to counter the cultural idea. Like, well, hey, as long as I don't commit adultery, as long as I don't murder, I'm good. Yeah. And Jesus says, no, because if then you, you wouldn't need Jesus. Right. He says, if you look lustfully at a woman, that's the same. Yes. If you hate your brother, that's the same. And these are heart issues. Yes. I could cut off all four of my limbs, gouge out my eyes yeah. and still hate my brother. Coming, coming from a place, some of you know my story from a place of addiction and, and having went in and out of rehabs and AA and NA and CA and all these these plans, it occurred to me later on in in my recovery 
um, which for me was instantaneous, which is not normal. Mm. A lot of Christians struggle with addiction, but I, I thought to myself, uh, you know, there, there are going to be plenty of people who were addicts like me who got sober, who will still be separated from God for eternity. Mm-hmm. Being sober and stop using drugs, being an addict, that's not how you get to heaven. Right. You know, there's plenty of other things, you know, and it, it, it just, it's like a bunch of sober people still separated from God. I think that idea, Josh, though, of, of how the flesh warps our desires is a good one. One of the things I loved about your message yesterday is that you you hit what I'm going to call the Christian golden calf in the mouth by talking about gluttony. Oh. You talked about, and that's something that is not talked about a lot in the church in comparison with, we'll say sexual sins or immorality and those sorts of things. Uh, I loved the fact that you called that, okay, it's obviously eating is God given, you know, that's a mm-hmm. preservation that is innate in us that God made for us. Um, but God didn't make for us to, you know, eat at McDonald's every single day, pray over that and ask him to bless us. That's just not, <laughs> you know, that's not gonna, uh, he's not gonna bless that in mm-hmm. fact. Um, and I loved how you, you kind of rolled that in that hunger and eating is a blessing and it's part of a biblical desire and a natural creative desire. But when the flesh gets in there and wants to eat an entire cake or, or an entire bag of potato chips or an entire pizza, there's where the flesh warps a blessed and God given desire. Yes. It was a really, uh, um, and for those of you watching or listening, you know, you might not be that person who's an alcoholic. You might not be that person who's been unfaithful to your spouse or, you know, the big sins we'll call them. But you struggle uh, with those areas of self-control food. I'm one of those people. I'm I'm sitting here next to Josh saying that is something that I struggle with. And uh, I have found through the spiritual disciplines in other areas of my life, mm. God has given me self-control, not always, as I apply other spiritual disciplines. They're all interwoven. Uh, so, Josh, if, if we could turn a corner, we could say... Okay, so if the flesh is from the beginning, if the flesh warps good and natural desires from God um, and causes us harm and hurts us Mm -hmm. and even distances us and separates us from God, what should we do with this? Like, what do we, (laughs) what do we as Christians do? I know I kind of just hinted at it, the disciplines, but I'm, I want to throw you this softball to say, there you go. I like, I like softball. Yeah, there it is. Let's crank this one right out of the park. So. Well, no, so so it's, you know, going back to the message and, and using that language that Paul uses of putting to death, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, first, of, first and foremost, and, and I, I tried to communicate this yesterday, right? Like, like this is an active endeavor. Yes. Like this is something that you, you won't accidentally, oh, you know what I, yesterday I just, I just stopped being a glutton. Yes. <laughs> right. Yesterday. Right. And like you said, you know, with addiction, I That's mean, right. for your story, again, yeah. that is, that is not a typical addiction recovery no. story. Uh, praise God that you have the story that you do. Yes. Like absolutely, I mean, absolutely miraculous. Yeah. Um, but for, for others, it's not going to happen like that. It's not going to be accidental. Mm -hmm. It takes great intentionality to actually put these things to death. Yeah. And one of the ways to do that is through the use of spiritual disciplines. Yeah. You mentioned four. And I think you yes. should hit on these again because okay. I thought they were really good. Yeah, and I but I do want to highlight too, right? These are spiritual disciplines. Yes. I used a Richard Foster quote in the message yesterday, and he highlights that beautifully. 
that mm-hmm. that at their core, these disciplines are about sitting in a space with God. Mm. Right? If if we engage in these for any other reason, and we talked about that last week, in you the hit episode. it on yesterday too. Yeah. The yeah. disciplines, even though they are spiritual, they are also physical. Mm-hmm. They are active, as Josh just said. Uh, but what we have to we have to answer from the very beginning about the issue of the flesh and the issue of spiritual disciplines is the why question. So why would I engage? Is it just so that I will stop overeating? That's not enough. No, that's no. not actually the right motivation. What? Well, because because here's the thing: yeah. as we as we go deeper and we we grow in our intimacy with with God, those things will follow they're the result right the fruit of the spirit Amen. right as as we sit Amen. in a space where where holy spirit is given yes control of, a, of our hearts right mm-hmm. what happens yeah love joy peace patience kindness yes. goodness gentleness, faithfulness and self-control control so as we walk in the spirit which again we'll we kind of teased that out a little bit yesterday because we're going to hit on that in a, in a in an upcoming message but but that's what it is. So yes, walking I'm, in the I'm spirit gonna, is the self is yes, the disciplines. Yes, yes. So so it's not saying oh, I need a I eat too much I should fast. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, you need more of Jesus. Yes, I need more of Jesus. JB needs more of Jesus. Yeah. One of the ways we can create space for Holy Spirit to work in us is through fasting. Yes. One of the ways that we can create space for Holy Spirit to work within us is through confession. Yes. That was one of the elements we talked about Mm -hmm. yesterday. And we'll maybe expound on that here in a minute. Uh, Engaging in biblical community. Mm -hmm. And then the other one we talked about yesterday was serving. Mm -hmm. These are all, you know, practices that we can put in place that create room for Holy Spirit to work. Again, it isn't the practices in and of themselves. It's those practices paired with space for Holy Spirit and a desire, you know, the, the why, and I I think let's, I'll come back to AA and NA, you know, some of the first things they say in step one is to admit that you are powerless. So you come to a place of the end of yourself. And I think that with our sinful fleshly nature, there's a real truth to that, regardless if you're NA or AA or any of those sorts of things, the why is, is to come to a place where we say, I know that the, these sins are not only affecting me, they're affecting the people around me. And, mm-hmm. and don't be deceived. Your sin affects other people. But ultimately, it, it distances me and, and creates a separation between me and God. Eternally, no. No, let's 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 be clear about that. The sacrifice of Jesus has paved the way for eternity. Now, Paul does tell us there are certain sins that if we practice them, it's the word pleruo, it's a Greek word. We won't we won't go into that too much, but there are certain sins that if we practice them, basically we say, forgive me, viewers and listeners, but if you say to God, I'm gonna do what I want to do, right. you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this in John, he kind of teases out that same idea in first John, this idea, like, yeah. man, if you, if you continue, or it's this mm-hmm. idea of, of practicing or, Hey, yeah. this is a, this is a sin that characterizes your yeah. life. Not a stumbling, but a, I'm trying to get good at this. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, one of the things that Paul lists in, in his uh, works of the flesh is drunkenness, right? Hey, this is not, and not that I'm saying, oh, hey, it's okay if you just get drunk every now and then. But I mean, but I mean, that's not yes. what Paul is talking about yeah. as far as. But you're at a Christmas kingdom, party, kingdom exclusion. Yep. Uh, this is this is that practice, or again, yep. as as John would say, if 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 your life is characterized by drunkenness, John yes. says, how can the spirit of God even be in you? referencing all sin, not just drunkenness. Yeah. Not there's several others. Yeah. There's a difference between stumbling and sin. 
right? And practicing to get good at. We were talking about Taekwondo earlier. My kids work hard to be good at Taekwondo. They're practicing it. We don't want to be practicers of sin. Right. Sin needs to be not the norm, but the occasion. Um, and, and I think the, the four things you hit on fasting, serving community and confession, those are, those are ways that we can combat, but we have to start at ground zero and ask the why question. It's to say, I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to know Jesus and I want to hear the voice of Jesus in my life. And I could see that these things are clouding my ability to do those three things. If you can answer yes, and those are the reasons why you don't want to commit sexual immorality, drunkenness, overeating, or or any greed. I mean, that's the thing too. Greed. Because we typically we typically highlight things like big ones. The the the, the sexual sins, the drunkenness. Those are like easy and those are visible, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can, oh hey, you showed up drunk. Like Clearly that's we smell it. Or hey, like I saw you with some other chick, you know, right. like whatever. Yes. Like they're more visible. Yes. Greed. That's a hard one to detect. That's what Paul. But Paul says that's yeah. that's idolatry. You have elevated stuff yeah. above God. Paul and, said that's what struck him in the heart. You know, when when he started considering and meditating on covetousness, he's like, Oh man, what was me? What am I gonna do? Um Josh, would you unpack those four a little bit more briefly? We've got just a little bit more time because I, I, I'd love to hear more about the spiritual discipline of fasting, the spiritual discipline of serving, the spiritual discipline of community, and the spiritual discipline of confession. Maybe some practical examples would be good. Yeah. So I'm going to start out of order because okay. we, hit, we hit briefly on fasting last week. We might touch on that again next week. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to actually start with serving. Okay. So this is rooted in that. I, I mean, Jesus highlights serving right when when he's uh engaged in the last supper with his disciples yeah. right? he puts the mm-hmm. towel around his waist he goes he washes their feet this is an act of service to yeah. them and, and then he tells them hey essentially this is what i expect mm. you to do for one another yeah like you are called to serve jesus the son of god <laughs> he says i'm gonna wash your feet the lowliest job you could do yeah disgusting he says, i'm going to yeah. do that i expect you guys to do the same thing yeah. so he calls us to a life of service yeah and multiple times his followers were arguing like oh i want to be the greatest i want to be the greatest jesus says, you want to be the greatest you have to be the servant or mm. some translations would say the slave of all so this is what jesus calls us to a place of of service mm-hmm. and i and i would suggest that this is a posture of of elevating others paul references this in philippians 2 yeah where he's he says in humility consider others better mm. than yourself that's that's serving, right? I'm I'm setting aside my needs at times, yeah, for the betterment of others. This can play out in the home. Yep. Hey, I want to do this, but I know that my what my wife really needs is this. How do I in that moment right elevate the the needs of my wife, even though man, I really want to do this other thing. Mm-hmm. How do I elevate the needs of my wife? But I also think if you look at this in conjunction with the idea of the church as a body, the community. Right. I mean, you, Paul uses the body language and he says, everyone is a part. First yeah. Corinthians 12, seven, he says to each one has been given a gift, mm-hmm. right? This is a spiritual gift. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a spiritual gift given to you by God. And he says, the purpose of that gift is to edify or build up yeah. the body. Yeah. So as a church, every single believer has a role to play. And this is why I, I I get a little bit fired up, right? Because we do treat it like a spectator sport. We come yeah. in on Sundays and we watch the band. I hope you don't just come and watch the band. Yeah. Our our worship team at Radiant Life is phenomenal. 
But if you just come to watch the band, you're missing it. They are, they are there to lead us in worship mm -hmm. for you to to personally have a, a worship experience with with your heavenly Father. Yeah. Right. But we treat it like a spectator sport. Yeah. And the stats are are crazy in our in our nation. I think this is pretty much across the nation uh, in churches. I don't know about internationally, but that that twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work. Yep. But that sounds Same like same with giving. That sounds like a dysfunctional body. Yeah. Right. If and I said I, I don't know if I said this in second service. I said it in first service. Right. But if, but if all of a sudden eighty percent of your body stopped working, this would be a this would be a health crisis. Crisis. This would be an emergency. Like we're yes. calling the ambulance. Like yes. we're getting you to a hospital. Yes. But this is normal in the church. Mm -hmm. Eighty percent of the body doesn't really do anything. Yeah. So serving is is on multiple fronts. One, it counters the self mm -hmm. right and and i'm yeah. i'm choosing to put other people first uh i don't want to get there 30 minutes early so that i can you know serve the, the kids ministry yep really who who are you putting first sure. like, I'm, I'm putting self first sure right? oh i really uh i don't want to stay for both services you know we talk about you know yeah serve one attend one yep serve like, one attend hey, one be fed but also now how can you pour into other people's life so, so regular service, I think, is important to mm. to counter that that self importance. Um, which total side note, I should have. Well, I shouldn't have because we would have really gone along. Another area of self where it, the flesh turns attention to self mm. is self reliance, mm. which that is absolutely against the gospel, right? That's absolutely against the gospel. But sorry, side note. Yeah, uh, yeah. So serving serving counters self. Uh, but it also helps you live into what Jesus has called you to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Holy Spirit has given you a gift for edifying or building up the body. Yeah. If you're not doing it, you're wasting a gift. You mm -hmm. ever been given a gift and you just you don't even open it? You just go tuck it in your closet and let it sit there? And No, we um, open it. No, we open it. We're like, yeah, oh, yeah. sweet. I hope there's something I can use. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So- if we have, if we, if we know that serving is going to deal with self, we know that being in community is another way to deal with the flesh. Talk about confession. So that's also kind of wrapped into community. Yes, and and I, it ideally, also deals with self reliance. Ideally, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so confession is is this idea of acknowledging, and and it's, I would say there are two parts of confession. When we confess, it's it's kind of this admission, right? So, hey. Uh, the other day, I and this is not a real example, right? <laughs> okay, the other day, yeah. like I went to Meyer and I you know, cussed out the clerk because I was impatient and angry. This would never happen. Right? Friends. This Josh is not. This never is not this. a. This is not a real story. <laughs> so, I'm actually, although I want to, I want to call out every single person that goes through. If you've got a cart full of groceries and you go through the self checkout lane, this has gotten me in trouble before because there have been a couple of times where I've used self checkout and people from church have been there. And I'm like, what are you doing in the self checkout? Huh? Uh, but if I've got, I mean, if I'm in like a super hurry, whatever. What's wrong with self checkout? I'm not tracking. Sorry. So, so here, here, here's the thing with, especially if I've got like a, a fair number of groceries. If I go through a checkout lane that has an individual, this is an opportunity for me to have a face-to-face -face encounter sure. with a member of our community. Yeah. This is the community that I'm called to like okay. love and serve and and right. lead spiritually. Sure. Why would I why would I skip an sure. interaction with somebody? 
What if and, you and, know that your wife has been home all day with the little and, and ones? No, no, no. And so this you're is picking up saying. groceries for her. You've got to get them home and let this poor lady go for a walk by herself while you unpack the groceries. Yes, and that's There's more to the story. That's what I'm saying. There's, <laughs> it's not like 100%. Probably, yeah. probably 98% of the time, yeah. I will go, even if I've just got a handful, I'll still go through to the, talk with the lane with, sure. the, with the a live person. Sure. But I don't know. How did I get talking I don't know. That? Confession. Oh, yeah, I was confession. Cussing, you're right. So I cuss out the, <laughs> cuss out the clerk at, at, at Meyer. <laughs> Right now, conf- confession is is one admitting my guilt. Mm. Man, I did this. Man, I acted in anger. Like I spoke, I was I was rude. I I spoke right. things that were were hurtful. Me, you know. So, and in this case, right, I would say, depending on what it is that you did, like this would be something I would have to confess to the clerk. Yeah, I should go back go to back this and make person it right. and say, "Hey, what I did was wrong. Mm. Like that was absolutely uncalled for. Yeah, like please I am, forgive. I'm sorry. Yeah, please forgive me mm-hmm. for for behaving in such a way. Mm-hmm. So you confess it to the person because you've wronged that person. Uh, you're confessing your guilt to God, mm. but you're also confessing in this moment that that God is the only one capable of remedying this. Mm. So it's a confession of my guilt, yeah. and at the same time. A confession of who Jesus is, mm, that He's Lord, that He's good. Savior, that He is the one who has to work in me to change. Say this it behavior. again. Confession is. <laughs> now I'm I trying love to remember that. how I said it. How did it, I say it? It's a recognition <laughs> of who Jesus is. Say that again. Confession. Right. It's recognition of my guilt. Yes. And recognition that <sighs> Jesus is the only one who yeah. is capable of cleansing me from this. Sin. Y'all, pause a moment. Write that down. That's a good one. So it's that's it's good. it's twofold. Yeah. And why I believe that that's important to do in community, um, outside of the fact that Scripture tells us yes. that it does say confess it your sins confession one to sins another, to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where you know I think Protestants have mm. gone wrong a little bit. Yes. Although I although I would argue I think I think within Catholicism they they highlight confession, but I think they do it wrong too. Mm-hmm. Right? Orthodoxy but, as well. Right. I mean, they, there you've got the priest and you're hidden mm-hmm. away. You've got the screen for, you know, so mm-hmm. you can be anonymous. Um, I think that's a, that's a, a misapplication. Uh, that's, that's in some ways seems to be a throwback to old Testament times. You yep. did a beautiful job with this at first Wednesday, a couple of weeks ago where, Hey, you've got the one priest who goes and, and makes atonement on behalf of the whole nation, yeah. it was the Day of Atonement, right? Right. I mean, so so you yeah. have this this priestly system. Like we don't we don't function in that system mm-hmm. any longer. Praise the Lord, Jesus came Amen. and he he covered that. Um, so so I would say that uh, Catholicism maybe misses the mark on that too. But but Protestants just missed the mark in the opposite direction, right? To where now we've made it this. Oh well, hey, I just privately confess my things yeah. to God, and yeah. you know, I'm, I'll be all right. Nah, scripture says to one another. And you mm-hmm. see it. And if you want to be Old Testament about stuff, man, they're doing like corporate public. Like they're all outside. Like they're gathered together and they're confessing their sins. Like, yes. oh boy, yes. that service wouldn't go over well uh, if we <laughs> held one of those. <laughs> Come on out for a confession service. That's right. You air all your dirty laundry, radiant life, X, Y, Z. That's right. But this is why you need community. You need people yeah. that you can bring these things to yeah. to where like man i came yeah. and i said dude jb man the other day yeah. dude, I, I cussed out this clerk at, at meyer <laughs> like i was just man here's yeah. what was happening in my spirit yeah. dude i and i was in the wrong yeah. and i had to be able to, to bring that and and air that out yeah uh 
I think I think is super important. So you need you need community for that. And one of the things I mentioned in the message is the other the other reason why I believe Scripture points us to uh, confession within the context of community is is a cultural difference that we have in the West compared to first century culture. We're very individualistic. Mm-hmm. They were not right. They were they were not. They mm-hmm. were they were a very communal focused culture. Uh, and there's the recognition, which is, gets into things like, like I just mentioned, corporate confession. Mm-hmm. And, and something I still am trying to process through is confession on behalf of others. Job did this. Yes. He would go and make for sacrifices sons and daughters. for his sons it's and daughters so just in case they sinned. And I'm like, yeah. does, does that does work? That work? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. no, so so it, it's the idea. So if I go and I and I cuss out the clerk at Meyer, let's say this person knows that I'm connected to Radiant Life Church. Yeah. My sin does not just affect me. It doesn't just affect the yep. clerk. Like this, this just has potentially smeared the whole name of a local body of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And as honestly, I think if that were the case, I should actually get up in front of the entire church mm. and say, Hey church, I am sorry. Like I did this thing mm-hmm. as a representative of you. Mm-hmm. I did this thing yeah. and that was wrong. And I'm. Yeah. And I think in, in your case and in my case too, as, as pastors, there definitely is a higher calling and confession kind of uh, takes on a, a different uh it looks a little bit different because of what we're called to and because of the representation. Um, but it doesn't negate it for the, the rest of the body, right. you know, confessing one to another, I would say with confession too, be wise, you know, um, you don't confess every sin to every person. No. There's context, you know, there's, there's, there's wisdom, there's discretion. Um, but we would definitely encourage you get into community Mm-hmm. Begin finding, um, you know, we'll, I'll use an old school Christianese word here. Find an accountability partner, <laughs> whatever that is, right? Uh, find someone that you can trust and someone that you can be open with and begin to to be able to, to air those things um, uh, and begin to say before God and before people what, what what's happened, you know, in community. Uh, Josh, in, in wrapping up, what would you say uh, if you could give us a number one thing uh, that deals with the flesh? What's the number one thing that you have found <laughs> personally helps put to death in stages progressively? Well, I don't. I don't know if this will seem very concrete, and it's actually something <clears throat> that's an ongoing process, as uh, it should be, and, and it's something that uh, it was it was worded just right uh, last week. I was talking to my counselor mm-hmm. about some stuff and, and he made this statement. I was like, whoa, you know, but I, I referenced Genesis four in the message mm-hmm. right, where God's talking to Cain and he says, and sin, it's crouching at the door. Mm. Again, like this, like this beast. Yes. And, and now I put that in, in uh, conjunction with the statement my counselor made. He says, he says, the flesh is always looking for something to feed it. Mm. So if you think of the flesh as this beast, bottomless right what are you feeding it Mm. like and 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 to me like this goes back to one of the things we talked about in in a previous episode of the podcast too about like some of the media that we consume yes right like like the things that you do day to day what of those things feed the flesh Mm -hmm. right like like you you had brought up the uh the you know just uh 
sexually suggestive things and how like yeah. hey like no we gotta yeah. we gotta put that aside game of thrones right? i'm if, gonna say it again <laughs> if if those are things that you're viewing yeah right that that is something that will feed the flesh what do you expect your because, thoughts to be because about most of those things are not going yeah. to be god honoring uh yes. variations of sexuality that's right so so, yeah. so but we're, we're we're putting yeah. this in and the flesh is like oh yeah 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 this this is all right I think Paul says it perfectly in Galatians 6. He says, look, if you sow seeds to the flesh, you will reap corruption and destruction. If you sow seeds to the spirit, and I'm going to insert through the spiritual disciplines, which is walking in the spirit, you will reap everlasting life is what Paul says. We're deceived if we think that we can feed the, the sinful warped appetites of the flesh and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And our life with Jesus and with each other and in community is going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. Yeah. So I mean, it, so you're as meditating a, as, a, as a general as a general thing. It's it's. So I'm I'm in this this position now of just saying, okay, like, hey, Lord, where am I mm. feeding the flesh? What are things that maybe it's so subtle I don't even recognize Amen. it yet? Now there mm. are some things that are obvious. Like I'm not I'm not watching porn. Sure. Like I mean, obviously. Yeah, 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 but yeah. what are what are more subtle, nuanced right. things? Right. That, that, are feeding. that the flesh is like, yep. ooh, yep. give me another bite of that. Yep. And that is giving that beast, if you will, more strength, more stamina. Mm-hmm. So now it's it's gonna be harder to fight. Like yeah. if if I'm if I'm feeding the flesh rather than feeding the spirit, yeah, you know. Which dog's gonna grow? Which dog's gonna grow? So you're saying that your number one spiritual discipline would probably be uh, silence and solitude in the form of examination yes, and which, introspection, which which I tend to I tend to be pretty heavy on that. Like if mm-hmm. I if I look back over a lot of my, like, like I do because mm-hmm. for me there's a lot of yeah evaluation and I would I would say self evaluation but that's not quite correct. No. This is the this is the space where you you echo the the prayer of the Psalms and say, search me, O Lord. Amen. And know my heart, right. man. See if there's anything in me yes. that doesn't line up with your way. Yeah. And then you have to create space in that silence and solitude to sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. What is Holy Spirit going to reveal to you? And as he reveals things, are you going to choose to submit that to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to say, no, I actually, oh, yeah, 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 I want to hang out of that one a little longer. This is why we won't go, we won't go down too far this path, but this is why I believe that the mystery of the communion table is greater than just symbol because Mm -hmm. it is an appointment. It's a biblically designated time where that introspection is commanded. It's commanded. You must examine and, and ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak those things to you that are not pleasing to God. Not if, but what are they? Not what do I have any, but what are they? Yeah, yeah yes. yes. <laughs> if you're saying if you're you, you're you're in the wrong spot, <laughs> then uh, you then I I would I would suggest you're probably living in that place of self reliance, yes, which isn't uh, yes uh, a godly uh, position to be in. So, well, Josh, I loved yesterday's message. I thought it was great. You got any closing thoughts, or we want to wrap up? No, I think we. I'm looking at the timer here. We should probably wrap up. We we're are. gonna we're gonna continue. Yes. This will uh, the disciplines will probably be a focus for for a, a huge chunk of this. Yeah series so we're going to try to tease back there's going to be some overlap so if you're mm-hmm. like oh i thought we already talked about this hopefully uh you're still able to glean some new insights uh every time we we rehash something and we're able to come at it from a slightly different angle but mm-hmm. uh yeah if walking in the spirit is the active participation in the spiritual disciplines it is an inexhaustible topic 
Yes. We could talk about this till Jesus comes back or till we pass on. Okay. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Radiant Reflections. If you could do a couple things for us, um, would you like this podcast and share it on your social media platforms, but specifically wherever you're listening or watching, if you're watching on YouTube, would you... uh, Go ahead and add comments. We'd love to hear from you. Share this. If you're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, uh, would you write a review of this podcast? When you review the podcast, especially the five-star review, uh, it helps other people see uh, and get exposed to this podcast. Um, So do those things. We would love for you to do that. And definitely uh, come back next time and join us. Uh, We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out the radiantlife.church. That's the radiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.